the easiest way to explain the journey is to let people know that we came from a background where we wanted to start farming as opposed to making wine. Um, mm. That the history is more about wanting to be on a farm and to farm. Well, uh, where, where's that, the origins that, of that sort of desire? Well, while we were living in Cape Town and starting to feel quite claustrophobic, we bought a piece of land out near Teslasdale in an area called Solitaire. And um, it's uh, at the very top end of the Himalayanada Valley. Uh, you know, on the on the way to Caledon from uh, Hermanus, um, it's a beautiful little town called Testersdale uh, Village, really. But we bought out there in 1999, um, just a piece of land, and we wanted a place to escape to on the weekends. So we set up a um, essentially a little farm there. Uh, we built a small house and. It was quite a sweet place. So you were living in Cape Town at the time? We were living in Cape Town. Um, With three, one small child or two small children? At that stage, no children. No children. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, the year we built a house on that farm, uh, which remind, would, if I had to paint a picture, it would be a little house on the prairie. Um, okay. It was a tiny place on a, you know, on a sort of felt uh, hill, no trees, little river down at the bottom. Um, no, our kids hadn't been born yet. Um, and it was really a place to just go and escape the the pressures of what we were doing. You know, and we both had pretty uh, stressful jobs um, and both traveling a lot. Um, so what, what were you doing at the time? I've uh, been in, in the advertising industry, but uh, not as an ad agency, um, more as a supplier to the ad agencies. Um, on the production side, making television commercials and a lot of motion design. Um, and then we also brand television networks. Um, so it's a lot of design and animation. And uh, on the commercial side, I then started directing TV commercials. And I directed for about 10 years. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of stress. And Anne was obviously uh, working as an international model at that stage. So um, she was flying all around the world all the time. So she was away a lot? Or? She was away a lot, sometimes yeah. up to three months. All right. Yeah, so it was uh, but tough. It was tough, but at the same time, we were both, uh, well, we weren't single, we were married, but we didn't have kids. Yeah. And, um, you know, we were both building our lives and uh, it's, it's just the way it was and it actually worked pretty well. Um, so we needed to get out of the city and we bought this place and we built a small house. And then a year later, our son was born and uh, it just so happened to be at the top end of the Himalayana Valley. Um, and we had that place for about five years and I really started getting into wine at that stage. You know, I was in my late 20s, early 30s and um, I planted one hectare of Cabernet on that farm. Um, so that I really cut my teeth into the whole farming experience back then. And um, with the help of some good guys in Salenbosch, like um, I think his name was David Simon, uh, Kubis Lowe, they came out, we checked the soils out. I, you know, I went about it kind of the right way. Um, not really knowing at the time it was the right way, but as best I could. And we planted there. It was great soils for cab, nice north-facing slope. Is, is that why um, you chose Cabernet? Is no, no, was, no, I never chose Cabernet. Okay. Um, we, we then decided that we were going to leave the city permanently and instead of driving out to the country every but, weekend. But if you didn't choose Cabernet, why did you plant it? Oh, you mean at that farm? Yeah. 
Um, yeah, I chose Cabernet in that farm. Sorry, yeah, I thought you yeah, meant okay. like uh, this Restless River and no, Cabernet. No, no, on the, on the, no, on no, no, the, no. So you, you, uh, you were informed that that site would work for Cabernet. Correct. And that's why you made Yeah, it. so the guys that I was working with in Stellenbosch said this is a fantastic uh, site for Cabernet. Um, and I planted Cabernet. I also happened to like drinking Cabernet. Um, so we had that farm for five years or so. And uh, we had decided then that we were going to leave Cape Town and uh, set up camp on a farm that we wanted to farm and uh, we would uh, commute to the city when we needed to work um, but that farm wasn't conducive to permanent uh, residents you know it was probably 30 kilometers from Hermanus we now had a young kid another one was on its way um, it was a gravel road um, so we looked for something closer to Hermanus and I was actually busy with it trying to get a subdivision on another farm that was about 200 hectares that we would have ended up with and that little spot that we're on now came up on the market I went to go and have a look at it on a Sunday and I bought it on a Monday and that farm so, how does that happen because I mean I've been told that commercial farms in South Africa have to be a certain size and you're well under that yeah well look it was a subdivision okay. that was a it had already been subdivided uh, it was its own entity okay. it was a farm so you didn't change anything no it changed it. nothing you it bought, bought it, it. As, as it was bought it as is okay. it had um, four or five hectares on it that had been planted it had cabernet on it which was extremely unusual for this is 04 this is 2004 yeah it was extremely unusual for the for the Hemelin Otter Valley uh, the lower end you know the pucker proper Hemelin Otter Valley down that side uh, to have Cabernet planted and it also had Chardonnay planted and those were all planted in the late 90s which incidentally gave us now some of the oldest uh, Chardonnay in the valley mm. um, and certainly this is the oldest surviving Cabernet in the valley so the, the um, Chardonnay that was else planted elsewhere has that just been is Chardonnay a relatively new variety in you the, mean in the valley yeah. well no i mean hamilton russell bushar they would have planted back in the day yeah um but have their vineyards been replaced slowly or is i that... think there's probably still some of the old old vineyards around okay. um, i'm not sure but i'm yeah. pretty sure there must be yeah but uh i don't think we would have been too shortly after that in the late 90s having chardonnay planted yeah, okay. on our spot so we preceded sumer ridge uh, newton johnson um uh, certainly Creation, Spookfontein, all the farms that are currently there, our vines were planted prior to them. Yeah. So anyway, that's um, anecdotal. But, mm. uh, yeah. uh, but the, whole, the whole mission to set up camp there came from a, a want to be out of the city and to be on a farm, but not just to sort of have this gentleman farm, but to actually be involved. Um, and the vineyards were very attractive uh, in that sense. And so we moved on to that place after about three years. We first had to build a house. You know, it was, um, it was just four or five hectares of vines in not the greatest condition. And um, the rest of the place was black water. It was basically the shittest piece of land that was available in the good part of the valley. Um, the, w the worst house on the street. Correct. The, street, the, yeah. the, the, the worst house in the best address. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and at that stage, you know, I didn't, I didn't know a lot about viticulture. I didn't know a hell of a lot about farming. Um, and I also didn't really know what I had. Um, once we started putting a lot of effort into it and learning more about it, we realized we had something pretty special in terms of the soils and the, the, 
varietals that we had. And um, when I first got there, the guys in the valley said to me, well, I hope you're going to be pulling out your Cabernet, which um, is, yeah, it's not a good thing to say to me because then I will make a real effort to prove you wrong. Oh, Craig the Contrarian. Yeah, yeah. just dive into that, up, swim upstream some more. Um, but uh, ironically, the Cabernet worked very well for us. It was something unusual and something unique. And we were able to build a very sort of strong um, identity and fan base off that Cabernet. Just um, going back for a second, more yeah, on yeah. Cabernet. That original Cabernet you planted, yeah. is that still there? or No, unfortunately... Uh, it's actually a bit of a sad story and one that frustrated me a bit. Um, we sold onto a guy called Marcel and he farmed it. Um, and when the vineyard was 10 years old, Marcel sold that farm to a friend of mine who is an apple farmer. The apple farmer pulled out the uh, Cabernet vineyard that I planted. And I actually said to him, come on, man, let's just let's just vinify one vintage of it just want to see what i what it was and how you know and he said okay no problem but when i saw him the next time he said to me oh bad news the vineyard's gone so that was the end of that so i never got to make a cab from that vineyard but uh, yeah i mean that's just the way things go um but then we 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 set up camp at, uh, so, at, sorry, at the when, current yeah when you when you bought restless river what is now restless river yeah you said it was the shittest you know, house on the, on the best street. What attracted you to it? Was it the location? Not necessarily what was actually on the place. It was more about... Yeah. Um, it was kind of simplistic. It was... Um, Run canvas. It was, it was located close to Hermanus, so my kids could go to schools. At that point, that road was still a gravel road. But nevertheless, it was 10 kilometers away. So Anne was a little bit happier to drive 10 kilometers in and out uh, as opposed to a 60 kilometer dirt road round trip every day um, but it was just so stunningly beautiful that um, you know the moment you you enter that property it's just a it just speaks to you it's it's hard it's hard not to want to have stayed there you know so when we went to go and see it to go and buy it um, like I said we saw it on a Sunday and on Monday morning I bought it um, it was just you just knew instantly that although it's, it was an undeveloped, relatively undeveloped, shitty piece of land, um, there was something very special about it. So it's quite visceral. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So you yeah. bought that in 04, you moved in, you built the house, you moved in 07-ish, is that about right? Yeah, or? so we spent um, 2005, 6 and 7 building the house. Uh, Anne and I built the house ourselves. Um, we got a builder in brickies to come and help lay all that stuff. I don't mean we actually laid bricks ourselves, but managed we managed the, the whole project yeah. ourselves. And that took us three years. We every now and again ran out of money, so we'd have to stop for a while. Um, but eventually we got it done. In 2008, we moved in. But I vinified my first wine there in 2005 in a little Wendy house that was on the farm. 2006 was also vinified in the Wendy house. And then 2007, I'd started to build uh, the garage. Didn't have a roof, but I still vinified 2007 in the garage. Um, so who, who was doing the viticulture at that point? I was. You were. Yeah. So initially, sort of I had no idea what I was doing. Just sort of gut feel or learning from books and Googling, that kind of thing? Or? Yep. 
I only got a viticulturist on board in 2012, uh, which is Kevin Watt, and he's helped us out a hell of a lot. Um, He knows the valley fairly well. He's also with uh, the Newton Johnsons, and he was with Ataraxia. so he's he's been a, a great uh, influence on the you know the direction that our vineyards have gone, um, but also someone who's able to help me achieve what I've been wanting to do that I didn't have the technical knowledge to do myself. Um, so we've been farming those vineyards ourselves uh, since two thousand and four, late two thousand and four, um, but we really upped our game in two thousand and twelve. Um, and then I've planted uh, another two hectares, uh, sorry, another three hectares since then. Another roughly two hectares of Pinot and another hectare of Cabernet. Okay, so 2008, we moved on to the farm permanently. The house was finished and we moved on. Um, my son was eight, my daughter was about six, five, um, and we've been there since then. Um, and what we've been able to do by living on the farm is sort of evolve and grow from the from making wine in the garage um, to taking over the farm shed uh, and making that our winery um, and uh, starting to increase our volumes um, from you know those couple of hundred bottles that we used to make for our own, own consumption up to this year we've vinified and made about 25,000 bottles, um, which will obviously only be released in the years to come, but nevertheless, that's 2018 that's our, vintage. Yeah, yeah, 2018 vintage. Um, but, you know, it's all come from, like I said earlier, the that sort of intrinsic need to be farming and mm. to spend time and where does out that, there. where does that come from, do you think, inside you and Anne? Is it, were you, I mean, before? Yeah. Um, but that's an, because you're not, you're not it, from a farming background, are you? No. No. Um, I think it comes from my father. Um, he was very much an outdoors, uh, natural kind of guy, and he's a veterinarian. Um, and he grew up, uh, you know, something interesting about our family is um, we come from the Cluters, who owned Constantia. Although our surname is Vessels, a lot of our middle names are Cluter. And then um, the Vessels side, um, were originally from the Cape, but they were part of the Vessels clan that migrated to the Free State, and they were all sheep farmers up in the Free State. So we come from very much a farming heritage, but not in the last two generations. So, but my farmer, my father, always had this, uh, you know. He always wanted or would have loved to have been So did your farming. father grow up on a farm or did his grandfather farm? Is that where you're at? Is that what that Yeah, the, grand, the grandfather. His, yeah. his grandfather was yeah. a farmer and that was always... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's, that's the... There's that's the probably that little connection. But then on my mother's side, uh, my grandparents lived on a small holding in uh, the Midlands in Natal. Okay. Um, remember, I'm from Durban. Um, so my grandmother lived in the Midlands. And as a small kid, my favorite place to go was to their farm in the Midlands, their small holding. It was about 16 acres, which is probably 10 hectares. But, it, you know, when you're a kid, that looks huge. And um, it was a place that I always just felt at peace and comfortable. So there's definitely um, a, a strong influence from that. So it's not only a, f- uh, a family thing, it's actually just 
it's within you. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. It is. Yeah. And then for Anne, not so much, but she certainly took to it um, very easily. And so, how have you managed to balance your advertising and production career with with making wine? I mean, that sounds like it's those two things don't mix very well. Like, there's not a they lot don't of mix very well. well. No, I think I guess in some ways um, it's it's been very difficult, but it's uh, it's allowed me to approach the winemaking side with a plan. You know, um, what do you mean by that? I think. Farming needs to be a business. Um, Winemaking needs to be a business. So initially I had the luxury of making wine for my own consumption because it wasn't uh, my source of income. But I was at least able to, from my experience in the, you know, in the business world, able to understand that uh, you needed to turn something into a business. And, and I understood how to turn something into a business. And I also understood branding um, and marketing. Um, but in some ways, it was, it's an interesting one because the world of advertising is essentially so superficial and so uh, fast. Um, I was always looking for something that had more meaning and more depth and more longevity. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, and something, like I mentioned to you earlier, something that uh, feeds your soul. You know? um, the advertising world strips you of your soul. Um, and I needed that. Uh, my, f- my soul needed food and uh, walking through the vineyard and being beholden to nature as opposed to 22, 23 year olds at an ad agency who are deciding your, uh, you know, whether you're going to eat next week or not. It's, it's a very kind of sobering thing to do. Um, so it, it and my whole approach to wine I think has been molded around the fact that I was involved in this really dog-eat-dog cutthroat industry of advertising where you were only as good as your last job and you were only cool for 24 hours. Um, I wanted wanted to build something that was authentic and real and had substance and meaning. Um, And I think in many ways from being in that world of branding and marketing and the hype, I wanted to create something that was anti brand and anti-marketing and we've never done any marketing you know um, we've just been focused on what we do and people have happened to find us um, we've always flown under the radar and maybe it's because I didn't want to fall into the same way uh, or lifestyle that I was in prior yeah so I think uh, having been in that industry has shaped the um, the way that we've gone about doing the wine, which is to not be that way, not be marketing orientated, not be brand orientated, but just be very honest and real. And at the end of the day, just be true and authentic to what we're doing. And do you think that the lack of um, dependence on the wine side of things for an income has let you follow that path to an even truer extent? I mean, if you had to Absolutely. make a living from I that think, in the last five, ten years, yeah. you would have made, had, had, to, had to make different decisions. Definitely. Would we would have had to make commercial decisions, and I think any commercial decision has an effect on what you're doing. In many respects, we were lucky to have the luxury of being 100% committed to doing things purely for the belief in what we're doing. 
um, and not to try and chase a market or um, please an audience. I had the luxury of being completely focused on pleasing myself. Um, but with, a, with a, always a plan for it to be a business in the end, though? Like there's not, not initially, to be honest. Okay. Um, for that period of for the first sort of four or five years, it wasn't, there wasn't really a plan to go um, and turn this into a business. Um, it was always in the back of my mind, but I never consciously sat down and said, well, let's write a business plan. Mm. Um, it's been a very organic evolution, actually, um, where we started making wine because we had the grapes and because we liked farming. And then the wine was drinkable, which was quite a surprise. And then on top of that, uh, we started to build a little bit of a following with the wine. And it's kind of grown grown from that. Uh, I think people back then identified with what we were doing. Um, and the wines were good enough to give the people who did identify with the philosophy and what we were trying to achieve, they were, the wines were good enough to be drunk by them. Mm. And they were quite astute, uh, educated wine people. So, you know, it, it, it just kind of, it came off a good base in, in, in the sense of um, it came off an honest base and a pure a pure base and we were able to just keep it that way maybe one more thing um, what it, was there a point what was there a something that happened or was there a, uh, a point that you remember where you decided okay now it's time to actually no, you know, go into the next gear, or did it happen no. so gradually and so organically? There's, that yeah, there's never been you've, like you've, a, you've, you've, you've made a made a decision at some point to. I made it. I made a conscious decision about two years ago that this is now my future, and that's quite a big decision because you then move from uh, being a really small operation to going okay, so. I need I need staff. Um, I want to pay my staff well, um, and I want to start building something that can transcend Anne and myself. Um, and for us, it's been very much a family business, mm. and I've been wanting to now consciously build something that will outlast Anne and I. Um, but also support the family as it well. It has to be able to support the family. Mm. Correct. Yeah. So this has to become a viable business, but with not through compromise and that's what takes a longer time um, you know we've got to build that uh, the base the, the the guys that are buying our wines we've got to build it slowly and organically and they've got to trust us um, it's not about going into a whole marketing and branding exercise um, we're just sticking to what we do and growing it that way from the inside out but into a business that is sustainable for uh, family and hopefully for a few generations. Cool. I think that's uh, that's all the time we have. Thank you, David Clark. Yeah.